What's up, EOS fans? We're back yet again here on Everything EOS. Today, we're going to talk about liquid dApps, EOS VC's recent investment in a proof of location protocol, some university outreach, and more. If you like the show, please support us by voting for my sponsor, Cypherglass, using your favorite wallet or block explorer. But before you do that, make sure you smash that like button and leave a comment letting us know what you thought of the show. Welcome back to another episode of Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. Before we jump into it, remember to smash that like button and subscribe. Turn on post notifications if you haven't already. We are almost at a thousand subscribers already on YouTube on this new channel. So please help help put us over the edge. Hit that subscribe button, youtube.com slash everything EOS. Let's dive into it. We got a pretty uh, exciting thing to talk about today. Finally, we get to talk about it. We've done two podcasts now where we we talked about this Bancor uh, Liquid EOS scaling solution, which is now called Liquid Apps. So last week we talked on the podcast about it getting teased, and then it literally they announced it officially before we posted the episode. <laughs> I also as, rec- as, as yeah, anything typical. we ever talk about, they they always release as we're editing. But you know, there you go. So they announced what's called VRAM, and it, it's uh, a scaling solution for the mainnet. Um, that's going to allow virtual RAM to be distributed in parallel uh, across uh, multiple hosts that are going to be called uh, DAP service providers. Yeah, so this is something I am super, super excited about. Obviously, RAM is one of the resources on the EOS network. It's used for data storage and can be pretty expensive, especially if you have a ton of data to store. You know, a good example is Everipedia, their entire network, the entire, you know, decentralized Wikipedia on the blockchain is about two terabytes of data, Woo. which is more than could even fit on, on the EOS mainnet. So they have it stored on IPFS. Um, but what Liquid Apps does is essentially makes it easier for users, DAP developers, to uh, store as much information as they want off-chain in a secure, still distributed format on IPFS, but still allow the most important parts to be accessible in RAM on the mainnet. So essentially, you know, from a, a developer standpoint, um, if I have a little tiny you know, cube of RAM where I want to put all of my most relevant data, any of the data that I need to pull from immediately, I can store it there. And then all of my other user data, any other data that's on my platform, I can store in this giant data cloud uh, on IPFS that is still decentralized and still distributed. And then whenever I need to swap things out from that big sort of data storage backup into the little cube of RAM so that I can access it very quickly on chain, I can simply swap that data out. And effectively, you know, it makes one little piece of RAM much, much, much more accessible and much, much more open to developers where they can store an effectively unlimited amount of information in a little tiny piece of RAM because you can store it off chain on IPFS and then kind of swap it in and out of that little RAM cube is I think the best way to describe it. You know, I'm still doing uh, more research into how all of this works and how it interfaces with the DAP service providers, but that's my understanding of how it works now is it just sort of balloons the total available storage supply on the network to the point where developers should never have any storage issues ever again, which is super exciting. So besides the announcement itself for VRAM, which is the the first product uh, being rolled out by Liquid DAPs, because eventually um, they're gonna have vCPU and other resources will, will be available uh, at the end of this year, early next year. Um, yeah. But as far as, besides the VRAM, some of the stuff that stood out to me is that they're doing a year-long uh, crowd sale. W- what, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's something we haven't seen since EOS itself. 
Yeah, I think it's super interesting. You know, EOS was really the only year-long crowd sale we ever saw, and it, it obviously worked out very well for them. It worked out in that, you know, it had the largest distribution, the widest distribution of any ICO ever, in that there were 165,000 people, 165,000 different accounts that were in that snapshot that had bought tokens during that, that time. And then, you know, we were able to take that snapshot and create the mainnet that it is today. Um, I think this is pretty interesting. And I got to say, when I first heard that there was a separate token, I was immediately like, whoa, 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 like this is another another side chain mess, like they're just, this is not good, I don't like it. But then when I started doing more research and saw that not only is this not intended to be a side chain, it's intended to be used by the EOS mainnet and any other chains that want to use it, I started getting a little more excited and, and dug a little deeper. Mm -hmm. And what's also cool about their token sale is that rather than you know, following the ICO model of 2017, where you go and you collect all your money and you build the hype and then you build the product, when their ICO starts, the platform will actually launch and VRAM will be available for purchase on the day that that token sale starts. So super exciting that all of that will be available for testing and for developers to start building on before anybody actually has to put up any money to, to get some of these tokens and utilize that network. You hit it right there, token utility from day one. Yeah, that's what this is all about. And that that's where it differentiates from the EOS crowd sale, because VRAM is a valuable resource uh, on the main net, Rob. How many gigabytes of RAM do the block producers currently share on the entire network? Yeah, it started out with just 64 gigabytes and then that amount actually increases every block. So it adds another 64 gigabytes every single year, but it's still, you know, 64 gigs. If one DAP Everipedia has two terabytes of data, exactly. 2000 gigabytes of data, you can't fit it in 64. So, so this is a scarce resource. We, we have yeah, applications building uh, private chains and doing things off chain because they can't do it on chain because it's not possible. So that means it's a scarce resource. We, we have more people that need it than we have available. So th this solution will, will allow uh, parallel uh, scalability across multiple EOS IO chains. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if uh, Shintai 2.0 uh, is going to be working with this because I'm assuming that they will uh, because in, in their blog that they put out a couple weeks ago announcing how, how it's going to work, it said they're going to have cross-pool liquidity of RAM. So this only makes oh, sense. Wow. And it, this only made, I, I think a lot of people knew about this uh, well before uh, we did when, when Brock kind of dropped a spoiler on, on that uh, crypto trader. <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of other people knew about it. I'm, I'm sure the scatter guys knew about it. I'm sure... Bank Bancor is pretty well connected within the EOS community. Um, and another cool part uh, that we talked about before recording this was on, on their website, on their roadmap, they have in the first half of 2019, IBC solution on the roadmap. Ooh. Oh, Exciting. Yeah. I wonder I wonder what this is. Obviously, I put out that what is IBC video on the Cypherglass YouTube channel that you can check out if you haven't seen it. But and you know, IBC could be a token relay, it could be something much more. But when I see IBC solution release from a team like Bancor that yeah. many people forget actually helped and, and worked alongside Block One and Dan to build in the Bancor algorithm into the RAM trading market, that is what, you know. The price of RAM today is determined by that Bancor algorithm. So they've really been instrumental in a lot of the core pieces of the mainnet. So when they come out with something with such a legitimate team, so close to block one that says IBC solution release, that makes me think that maybe, maybe this is the holy grail that we've all been <laughs> waiting for of IBC to finally co connect all of these chains in a native way that uses the same token, uses the same BPs, same accounts, all that good stuff. I can't wait to hear more. I did watch, they did a webinar where they invited uh, some a lot of the block producers and some looked like developers. Uh, I watched it on YouTube. 
uh, I'll put the link in the description, but it, they did a really good job of explaining it to the people who are planning to build with this. I'll, oh, cool. I'll, pro I'll, I'll put a lot of links in this description because this is very interesting. It's definitely something we're, we're going to follow up more in the in the future about, but th this this has me excited. Yeah, if you're one of the, the people out there, you're also excited about this, you haven't checked it out, um, I highly recommend you, you go check out that link in the description and head over to their website. Read the white paper. I think with something like this, it's even more important that you really understand how it works. Um, but something that's also cool is that, you know, in February, before the token sale goes live, we will have that utility, or rather, at the same time, they'll both go live at the same time. So you'll really be able to test it out um, before having to make a purchase or anything like that. So super exciting. But speaking of, of you know, Bancor, obviously Brock dropped that hint sort of accidentally maybe um, <laughs> on CNBC Crypto Trader, but he's actually come out with some news recently that I wanted to just, you know, give a, a quick personal thank you to. Brock has launched an EOS voter proxy, which is pretty yeah. amazing, has I think a few million EOS in it now, but I wanted to give a huge shout out, a huge thank you to Brock for including Cypherglass as one of your, your 30 block producers that you voted for. It means so much um, and we really appreciate the support. Not only that, but he b before, so after he launched the proxy, he, he dropped into our Telegram channel. Yeah, <laughs> that, so that cool. Was last welcome. night, that was- Welcome. Well, yeah, welcome Brock Pierce to the Everything EOS Telegram channel. If you haven't been reminded Absolutely. enough to do so in the introduction, I highly recommend everybody watching or listening to come join us 24 hours a day talking about EOS. It is t.me front slash everything underscore EOS. Uh, it's a super active channel. Uh, thanks, Brock, for joining us. Uh, we welcome everyone else who wants to come join the party. Absolutely. It really is a party. And last night I was on there playing EOC Battles, which is this cool like PvP battleship, you know, board game style, um, playing with a bunch of other people in the chat. And we were all joking and, and laughing around. So it was a good time. It's a great group of people in there. And Brock, thanks for joining. I, I heard you're quite the beast at this Battleships game, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I played a lot of Battleship growing up. So I uh, I played that Dap guy, or Q, the guy I did the million dollar EOS bet with. Uh, beat him three times in a row. I played um, Justin Peterson, one of our uh, admins in the Everything EOS Telegram group. Beat him a couple times. <laughs> and then I played uh, Elim Her in Telegram also and uh, beat him a couple times as well. He did beat me once, I gotta say. But I am on a roll. So Rob.VR is the name I use on, on EOC Battles. And uh, I think before we move on to the next topic, I also want to just remind everyone, if you missed uh, the interview I did with Crystal Rose that I released uh, Wednesday morning, I highly, highly suggest you go back and check it out. So go back, look for episode number 46. It's, it's uh, making sense with Crystal Rose or something. She will talk about how she was trying to build her project on Ethereum. Uh, she just for scaling reasons, had to move it to EOS. They developed a really cool protocol that helps migrate tokens from Ethereum to EOS. It's called the EOS 21 protocol. Highly, highly recommend you check it out, especially if you just happen to be an Ethereum project watching this show. I, I don't know Absolutely. how many, I, I don't know how many uh, core Ethereum uh, devs we have watching the show, but <laughs> if, if you're Probably. watching that, I highly suggest you check out that uh, repo on GitHub. Definitely. And even if you're not a developer, I, I watched that interview this morning and it was awesome. Great job with that interview, Zach. Uh, you did Thanks. an awesome job. And she dropped some pretty cool information on there as well that I think everybody should check out. Crystal is an OG. She's been in the crypto space oh, yeah. basically forever. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting her at the San Francisco Hackathon. So awesome to see her on the show. Uh, Crystal, thanks for coming on. A great episode. All right. So moving along, uh, yeah. Pl Platin, proof of location. You want to introduce this to everyone, Rob? 
Yeah, so Platin is a proof of location protocol, which basically means that you can prove that something digital or even something not digital exists in a certain space on the globe, basically. You know, if you look at Google Maps, you're relying on a third party to basically say, hey, this thing exists here, or hey, this thing doesn't exist here. Um, Platin is trying to kind of decentralize that and build this protocol that then other developers can use in their you know, game or DAP or whatever it may be, where they need some kind of a proof of location. But what was so cool about this is that, you know, when we saw Platin, I think you may have seen the demo also, Zach, at the San Francisco Hackathon. Mm -hmm. They were part of Block One's 50 by 50 or 50 under 50, I think it is, 50 by 50 um, funding program that a lot of people don't know exists, which is that I think it was in 2018, Block One went out, they gave $50,000 in seed money to 50 different projects that were building on EOSIO, and wow. Platinum was one of those. But now it looks like, you know, based on the success they've had, maybe based on the demand they've had for this proof of location protocol and some of the work they've done after getting that seed funding, that now they actually have an investment from one of the EOSVC partners, EOS Global, which is that 200 some million uh, dollar fund run it, by Michael Cow, which is is very this cool. the first first one, Rob? Because as far as I know, I I can't think of any other EOS Global announcements we've covered. This is, I believe, this is the very first uh, official investment, at least from EOS Global. Michael Cow and Winnie uh, Liu, I believe. Uh, are the two people leading that up, which is, is so cool. I've spoken with Michael before. He's an awesome guy. I saw him again at the hackathon. But Platin, um, I think, has the potential to be integrated in a lot of dApps oh, that yeah. we're seeing come up that need that location. We, we got a list of them here that, that we could use <laughs> as examples. So uh, let me backtrack to the San Francisco hackathon because yeah. basic at, at the hackathon, they were demoing Platin's technology. They had uh, like a stack of iPads that were available to people for people to use, and when you pulled up the iPad, it was it was called aug it, it's like augmented reality. If you've ever played uh, Pokemon Go, you know what I'm talking about, where you basically have the real world on, on a video on the screen, but then there's like 3D digital items, and they're they're placed uh, via GPS, and using this platen proof of location you were able to walk around the area that was hosting the hackathon. You would see like little EOS coins sitting around. Like you might find one in the stall of the bathroom and you could go, yeah. go claim it. <laughs> so it was like airdropping based on latitude and longitude locations in a, in a, a cryptographic, provably whatever way. Like it, it's a trustless uh, proof of location, exactly as it is called. And the use cases are insane. So yeah. I... Just what we did at the conference was, or not the conference, the hackathon was a use case. There was random airdrop coins spread out throughout an EOS hackathon. Could you imagine if a crypto blockchain conference would do the same thing and they would have uh, Ethereum, EOS, Bitcoin, like fractions of tokens <laughs> laying around? There would be people fighting over these these tokens that exist yeah. on this AR layer. I was... I gotta say, I was so impressed by the way that it worked. I've used other augmented reality platforms, some that tried to deal with location before like that, and none have been nearly as accurate as Platin was. And what I mean by that is that with some of their apps, you know, you place a digital item in, you know, this location right on my desk in front of me, and then the next time I open my app, it might actually be over here on, on this portion of my desk. And the reason why is because, you know, there is no proof of location built in to that, that that says, hey, this location right here, this exact spot, you know, we can we can verify that that's actually where this coin is going to show up. Where some other people have been trying to build solutions that you know aren't always exact. So I was very impressed by Platin um, and their ability to to deliver a protocol that actually worked. So that was exciting to see. I'm excited. So 
we, we can't build everything ourselves. So a lot of what we like to do on this show is give the ideas to you guys, the, the viewers. Yeah. And if you have the resources or the team or the skill set to build this stuff, all the power to you. That, that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, so you think this technology is a pla it's a protocol. It's a component that you could interface with your application. Uh, so if you're building a conference app, think of Platin, go reach out to them. Uh, if you want to do some sort of like scavenger hunt application, that'd be super cool. Uh, you, the, like a restaurant that whenever you show up, you, you could uh, have like reward points. Like hmm. I, I can't keep going through this list, but just think yeah. airdro airdrop based on location and the, the possibilities are insane. Oh, I'll absolutely. I mean, you think about all the different retail opportunities here, you know, Macy's, they do their big Christmas thing. Imagine if you go, you can pick up different coupons and rewards throughout the store. You're like running through the shoe department and you see this digital shoe there and you pick it up and now you got a free pair of shoes because you were the first one to get it. There's so many, so many applications that this could work in. I'd love to see like a decentralized version of Pokemon Go where you're catching EOS monsters or something out in the wild using this. So, Rob, I, I know you yeah. uh, played Pokemon Go whatever summer yeah. it came out and it was super hot. Think of uh, Pokeballs as a scarce resource. You had to go to a Pokestop mm. to get more scarce resources, which were Pokeballs in this instance. You take that same concept and you could apply it to so many different things. You were essentially in, in a non like decentralized way on the Pokemon game, you are going to collect airdrops from the Pokestops. They just happen to be located at like post offices and parks. Wow. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that is something that, it, wow, that, that, that makes a ton of sense. It is almost like a little airdrop. You had a chance to get, you know, a more rare item, which is something that could be incorporated into this. And then if Pokemon Go was, you know, built in a distributed manner or at least built in a manner where say each individual Pokemon was maybe uh, an NFT or a token using the D-Good standard, you can kind of see then how all of these standards come together and make developers' lives easier. Because, you know, the EOS mainnet launched seven months ago. There are so many different applications. The potential here is, is limitless. You know, the amount of things that can be built on the EOS mainnet. But when we look at the actual core infrastructure, seven months ago, there was a lot of stuff that's missing. And now a lot of this is being built. A lot of it's being released, whether it's a digital goods standard like DGoods or a standard like this for, you know, putting your geospatial location on the blockchain. So super exciting to see all of this will make developers' lives so, so much easier so that the next Pokemon Go, the next scavenger hunt app, whatever it is, can actually exist on EOS and be easy for developers to build. I, I think this is a strategic play on the part of EOS VC because hmm. by, by bringing them into the portfolio, it allows all of the other uh, portfolio teams to kind of ha have another level of collaboration. The, the EOS VC fund is the glue that holds them all together and it, it uh, allows them to consult with each other and share ideas. And it, it's kind of like how mythical games had to create and work with other teams to create the D-Good standard because they needed it to do what they needed their application to do. Bancor developed liquid dApps because they keep running into the same issues and they're trying to solve an issue that they need to solve for themselves and they know everyone yeah. else needs to solve that same problem. So proof of location, th this is very, very innovative. And once again, just like everything else we've talked about today, I highly encourage you to dig deeper into this. And real quick before we jump onto the, the next topic, I just wanted to mention again, I think I even mentioned this on last week's episode, but think about 
you know, think about any other industry where somebody who's running a business, because ultimately that's what these dApps are. Platinum is a business, you know, Mythical Games is a business. Think about any other industry where a business would be so willing to share something like this that will help other businesses compete with them. You know, I can't think of one, but in a decentralized community like EOS, where we all benefit when the EOS token becomes more valuable, when the EOS mainnet becomes the place to go to build a dApp in the world, we all benefit from it. So it's just so awesome to see all of these teams that in another industry, industry or in another sector may actually be competing, it's amazing to see them collaborating. And I think Crystal Rose on that interview um, actually used a word called collaboration, which is a, yeah. this sort of, you know, she was referring to it at the hackathon, but it exists within the, the broader EOS community as well. Collaboration, you have collaboration, but you also have competition. And it works in this way that really, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And I think that's what's happening with these standards here, where everybody is kind of helping everybody else to make EOS the blockchain platform for dApps going forward. Amen. So moving along to the next topic, we forgot to cover uh, this one last weekend, so we'll cover it this week. Block One hosted a blockchain event at Virginia Tech last week. Now, the reason that this is interesting is because um, there's an obvious collaboration going on right now between Virginia Tech and Block One. Um, for, for those not familiar with the location of these, the school in Block One, uh, Block One is where Dan, the uh, global headquarters that Dan Larimer and a lot of the engineering team uh, work out of. Dan Larimer is an alumni at Virginia Tech University, which was one of the top engineering schools in the United States. And their campus is located, uh, I don't know the exact distance, but within probably a mile of two of the Block One campus. So earlier this year, uh, Block One made a $3 million commitment to Virginia Tech to help develop a blockchain curriculum. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing the early baby steps of this collaborative partnership. So, so far this year, Dan has given two different seminars on blockchain at Virginia Tech University, but this event took it to the next level. Um, I believe Dan Larimer was actually on hand uh, working with the students and teaching them about blockchain for an all day long yeah. Uh, educational workshop event. Could you imagine being a, a computer science student at Virginia Tech and having <laughs> access to, to this kind of resources? Oh, it's it, incredible. I mean, Block One tweeted and they said, you know, hey, EOS community, what do you, what would you like to say to Virginia Tech? And I tweeted them and said, this is an incredible opportunity. Do not miss it. Because if they don't know who Dan is, um, they certainly will after they meet him and, you know, see just how intelligent and, and forward thinking this guy is. I, I thought it was interesting, and it might have just been a coincidence, but if you if you look at this tweet that uh, Block One uh, retweeted, it was from the Virginia Tech Biomedical Engineering and Mechanics. So this isn't wow. even like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure all of the engineering departments and computer science were invited, but it's very interesting that the, the, the one that was retweeted and the, one, the only one I've seen was biomedical, which is a very like specific... Uh, type of engineering, which is really cool because that's uh, the industry my wife's in. I actually got a bunch of uh, oh, nice. bio. I got a bunch of biomedical books behind me. That's a, that's what everyone always sees on this bookshelf. <laughs> I, I'm just They're trying like, to. What I'm, is that? I'm just trying to look smart, but it's really it's really all my all my wife's books, all her <laughs> uh, bio awesome. bio design, biomaterials, and polymers. <laughs> yeah, she's what like trying to find a cure for cancer or something crazy. She's out there saving the world. So she's she's basically taking uh, human plasma and uh, extracting the um, 
like the growth factors inside it, and then making it so it has a one-year shelf life um, that you could basically implant into patients with complex bone fractures. And oh, it wow. uh, re reduces healing time, reduces infection rate, and uh, they're <laughs> ramping up to do their human clinical trials in the United States uh, within the is, next couple months. Is this something you can say publicly on a podcast? Yeah, uh, it's called Carmel okay. Therapeutics, carmelrx.com. That's awesome, yeah. I think it's fascinating. Uh, so we got to move back to education because I, I love talking about universities getting involved with not just blockchain, but EOS, IOS specifically. So I want to shout out Jenner. How do you even say this, Rob? Generos? Generios? Generios is how I pronounce it, yeah. They held uh, a blockchain workshop at the Western Sydney University recently. I read the blog post uh, with a group of PhD engineering students, and they were teaching them uh, how to deploy uh, like their private blockchains and explaining uh, the use cases and things like that. I think stuff wow. like this is huge. All of these workshops, so those these are two at universities, which stand out to me because I think... Um, Ed educating students at the university level is how uh, blockchain is going to just become a part of a every computer science program. So just something everyone is going to learn at some point throughout their education program, whether uh, they plan to work in blockchain or not. I think it's going to be that big of a thing like in our lives. Um, but there is another really uh, interesting workshop that happened this past week. And you want to talk about that one, Rob, with IWAD? Yeah, so IWAD, Investing with a Difference, uh, Ramon from, from IWAD, um, they have a great proxy, by the way, if you want to want to vote for them, if you're not sure who to vote for. Um, but they put on a little Silicon Valley workshop, I believe is what they're calling it, where they bring in a bunch of developers, sort of introduce them to EOS. You know, these are developers that already build centralized apps. They're familiar. They probably already know C++ and can build on EOS. And this is their very first introduction into the technology. Uh, so I know Ramon was there. I believe Alex from EOS Canada was there. Uh, I think even somebody from Generios may have been there. But uh, a bunch of great people were there educating these, these uh, you know, students and developers and, and everybody who came to this event. And I think to your point about this being such a crucial piece of the future of blockchain, you know, if we don't educate developers on how to build on this stuff, it's never going to take off. If we don't educate businesses on the benefits of storing user data on a blockchain versus an insecure database on the internet, you know, it, nobody's ever going to use it. So having people like IWAD go out and host these events on their own to educate developers is huge. And having Block One do the same thing at the university level, I think, is, is amazing as well. So huge shout out to both of them for uh, making this all happen and, and bringing more developers into the ecosystem because that's ultimately what we all need. Yeah, I love seeing stuff like this. So the workshops like yeah. the IWAD one are great for just bringing general developers or definitely other blockchain developers, but I like to see like JavaScript developers. I like to see people who are used to working like with traditional like SQL MongoDB databases, and then they just have this interest of how do I get started in blockchain? Oh, this workshop's happening a couple miles from my house. I will go. I saw it on meetup.com. That is exciting to me because the more we can grow this ecosystem, the better. Um, just like we talked about earlier. So you think of D-Goods. It, it was created to solve a problem that they ran into because they were trying to develop a, a really useful tool or game. Uh, same with the, the Liquid apps. So the more teams that are working independently and working on, on different solutions to everyday problems that uh, businesses have, they're going to run into problems that need to be solved and that, that can't be solved in, in today's version of EOSIO. So that, that's how we innovate is we, we run into these roadblocks and these problems and then we fix them and we solve them and we get through them. And the yeah. more people working on independent projects, independent EOSIO chains even, the better and stronger we're going to be 
as one like community of EOS IO with EOS leading the way as the main net. So, Absolutely. And if you think about, you know, even looking at other crypto communities that I've been a part of, you know, I was super, super into Ethereum when I first discovered it in late 2016, early 2017. And then, you know, the whole ICO craze happened. Um, and that community even, while I think it was a little bit more willing to change than the Bitcoin community that I was a part of before that, starting in 2013, um, EOS by far has been the community most willing to adapt, most accepting of change, which I think is incredibly important because nobody's going to release a platform on day one and have it be the perfect platform. You know, can you imagine if uh, the first version of, of the internet, when it all got linked together after DARPANET and ARPANET and all that, um, if, if that was all it was and nobody ever upgraded it and nobody ever changed it or made improvements to it, you know, the internet would not be, be as nearly an instrumental piece of society today if it never got upgraded. And it's the same with blockchains. If EOS never upgrades, if we never innovate, if we never change things, it will eventually become obsolete, just like the blockchain platforms that are not innovating today. So I think it's amazing that we're part of a community that is so accepting of change and so, you know, and a community that realizes that change is a crucial piece of moving this entire industry forward. So it's just so awesome to be part of. Uh, I'm so excited every day about it. <laughs> there is one thing holding uh, back the community, and it, it's really ramped up recently. So we want to take this time to warn everybody listening or watching to be yes. extremely careful about scams. So you want to explain uh, the, the two types of uh, phishing and Trojan hacks we've seen recently, Rob? Yeah, so the biggest one that was going around on Telegram was was people who were basically impersonating someone else. So if somebody was trying to scam me, maybe they would impersonate Zach and they would make a Telegram profile that looks exactly like him, the same picture, and they would send me a message. And in that message, it would say something like, hey, here's a very important file. I need you to check this out right away. Or some people got scammed because the, the message said, hey, this is an order from ECAF, even though ECAF is no, no longer really a thing. Uh. And people downloaded this file. And in the file was a .exe and... and uh, executable file uh. Uh, on Windows that essentially, as far as I understand it, gave that person access to Telegram and was able to infiltrate, you know, different social media platforms that they were logged into and ultimately uh, resulted in the loss of some of these users' funds where they got completely locked out of their account. So it's something that I always hate to see happen. The main thing that we want to say is that anytime somebody sends you a link, you really shouldn't click it. If no. it's in Telegram, especially if it's in a memo that you get, you know, somebody sends you 0.001 EOS and you see it on your blocks.io or you see it in your EOS Authority account alert bot and there's a link, you probably should not click that link because that's that will most likely take you to a website that is not trying to help you, it's only trying to hurt you or steal from you. Same thing if somebody sends you a file in Telegram, you know, just like you wouldn't download a random file that somebody that you've never heard from sent you in an email, don't download files out of Telegram and certainly don't open them on uh, the same computer that stores all of your keys and scatter or whatever wallet you may use. So just always be on high alert. Always assume, you know, I hate to say this, but always assume the worst in, in some stranger that sends you a message that may look like a scam. Of course, you don't have to blow them up and start yelling at them. Maybe ask them about it um, and, and try to see if it really is a scam or not. But they will be impersonating people that you know, impersonating people you've talked with before. So be on very, very high alert for scams. And remember to always keep uh, your, your telegram and, and everything else locked down. So you did it. You, you explained the, the Trojan horse aspect. I, I think that is an attack vector that we've seen for years now. 
yeah. you should know not not to ever install an exe file uh, that someone sends you. But like what Rob said, what they're doing is they're using like an accented character to to throw off a username slightly. So Rob might be R O B, but he might have one of those uh, O's with the accent above it, and I I wouldn't notice the difference. But if it's someone on Telegram that you talk to regularly, if you don't see your chat history above whatever message they sent you. Uh, be be wary of that, uh, and definitely yeah. don't uh, just downloading anything. But the the exploit that has I think hit people the hardest recently is this claim Talos site because they're preying on uh, the community's um, confusion. Everyone hears about uh, like these sister chains launching where they're airdropping to the main net like Talos and Warbly, but they they don't really understand how they're supposed to actually claim those tokens. So they, they find this site or someone sends them the link to this site and it seems really easy to do. It, it, they log in with their scatter. It shows their account balance. They sign a transaction saying, I want to claim my Talos tokens. And what it does is in the, con in the, in the um, contract, it's updating the owner key to take away uh, oh. controls of your entire account and giving that to someone else. It would be the equivalent of locking all the doors in your house and then handing a stranger the key. There, there's no getting back into your house. Um, and I, I'm gonna plug next week's episodes uh, right now because it, it's kind of relevant. So uh, yesterday I recorded uh, three hours of material of uh, Peter Kay, who if you saw the EOS dev series, you know who he is. A uh, close friend of mine, and then the the uh, the team at Scatter, uh, Rami James and NS James. Uh, we both spent three hours talking about everything EOS, and I'm going nice. to slowly drip it out to you in bite-sized pieces. And we were talking about this Talos scam, and right after the scam, uh, as soon as they possibly could, Scatter made an update to their wallet to kind of give an alert that if you're signing a transaction that has the update auth function in it, it warns you and says, hey, uh, and this is the function that swaps your keys. It says, hey, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Um, I want to make it very clear also that the when Scatter pops up, it makes that little pop up and you can either allow or deny. The reason why that happens is so that you can avoid things like this, so that you can check the transaction and make sure it's actually doing what you think it can do. So anytime you get a, a Scatter pop up, whether it's to log in or send a transaction, make sure you read what the transaction is doing. Now with the update, it should alert you, but regardless, make sure you read and make sure it is really uh, sending the, the transaction that you told it to send and not you know, tricking you and sending a, a different one instead. Um. To, to just wrap up this scatter thing, I just want to share a little teaser for next week. There, there was someone who lost over a million EOS in this scam. What? Yeah. So this seriously, this is, you could find out next week. Uh, oh my this, God. This, this is a real issue. This, this is lives being ruined uh, due to misinformation and confusion within the community. So it's our jobs as community members to be as. Uh, Dil diligent as possible to let everyone and anyone know that you need to be on high alert for this stuff. Trust nobody, trust nothing. Just only trust, don't even trust yourself actually because that's how a lot of people are, are getting into this. But um, just be careful everyone. I, I guess that's the most I could say here and I, I can't stress that enough.
Absolutely. And speaking of scatter, I actually had Nathan on a D-Goods Q&A for the new D-Goods uh, digital goods standard that's being built on EOS. I had Nathan from Scatter. We had Fred from Pixios, Rudy from Mythical Games, and Marcus from Token Pocket, and Fred from EOS Links joining us in spirit on Twitter as well. So if you haven't seen that Q&A, if you have questions about that digital goods standard and how it actually works and how you as a user will be able to use it and interact with it and how it will make developers' lives easier, go to the Cypherglass YouTube channel and check that out. That is the D-Goods Q&A, and it's live right now man we're, we're just killing it with content rob we, we've, oh, we've yeah. been killing it we're almost uh, up to one year with this podcast and i and know you've, you've been killing it on the cypher glass channel since Appreciate pretty much that. day one also man I, I i think people are starting to take notice what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And I think content is super important, obviously, you know, especially when it comes to issues like scams that we alert everybody right away so that, you know, as few people get scammed as possible during this whole, you know, crazy event. So I'd like to take this moment to self-shill and remind you once again to like this episode, share this episode, comment on the episode, and give us a five-star rating if you're on iTunes. I, I can't say that enough. We love the support. Even if you're just... Even if you're just commenting, go EOS, like this was a great episode, it really helps us with the YouTube algorithm, especially since we switched channels. I know you guys have been leaving comments and smashing that like button. It's really <laughs> helped us get so close to a thousand subscribers on the new channel. So keep it up and thank you. Uh, so speaking of uh, people on YouTube, Karma, uh, yeah, found, founded by Dallas Rushing. Uh, we talked about them before. They're, they're kind of like the Instagram of EOS. Uh, they finally got approved for the the Apple Store, so you could download it uh, natively through your iTunes instead of having to download uh, the APK from the website. So that's really big news because I'm I'm always a little sketched out personally by downloading any APK. I try not to download APKs. I, I did one for EOS Nights. You know, I trust them to implement it. What I'm most excited about also with Scatter, or excuse me, not Scatter, with Karma, uh, finally being available in the App Store is not only can you download it and get started right away, but they're also giving you a free EOS account within the app as well. So if you have oh. a friend or a family member you want to get into it that doesn't have an EOS account, say, hey, you know, go download Karma on the App Store right now and you can get your EOS account set up and, and you'll be using this new dApp on this new blockchain right away. So, so cool to see. And congrats to the Karma team in Dallas on making this happen. The App Store, especially with blockchain apps these days, it's very hard to get approved. So huge congrats there. So let's run through the list. There, there's only a short list of uh, EOS dApps that are approved on the iTunes store. Besides Karma, yeah. what, what are the other ones off the top of your head? There's e EOS Links is a wallet, so I wouldn't really consider that a dApp. It looks like we have, yeah, Karma, other than the wallets like EOS Links and Token Pocket and Meet One, I believe Chains, uh, the centralized exchange has an app. Lumios has an app. I'm now number four on the leaderboard, Ooh. I gotta say. Very cool. If you haven't already checked that out, I've been posting polls now as well. Um, Sense Chat is now available on the App Store for pre-order. So while the app is not out yet, you can go and pre-order it. And when it's ready, it'll be installed on your device. So we're starting to see more and more uh, EOS dApps on the App Store. I think if we look back a year from now, there will be thousands, if not more dApps that you can just go on your phone, whether it's the Block One wallet or the native iOS App Store, you'll be able to use all of these dApps right away. So it's just so exciting to see this trend starting and we can see that trend line, you know, going like this of dApps that are just available to the average user. So there were actually two big announcements today, Wednesday. So first we saw the Karma app, how they got approved on the iTunes store. So congratulations again. But we also got our first glimpse with a sneak peek from Pixios for their first yeah. application on their platform. You want to introduce that one, Rob? Yeah, so obviously Pixios is this big platform that encompasses, you know, art gamification, these, these different games that you can play, and an NFT auction house that will use the D-Good standard and so much more. But we got a sneak peek finally 
at Pixios Paint, which is their very first game that's coming out, kind of similar to Pixel Master, but it has a lot of very cool token economic structures to make sure that this lasts for a long time, that it continues to reward the people that are using it on a daily basis and allows artists to collaborate. So I'm sure you can see the tweet on screen now. We saw some pretty cool sneak peeks of what this platform will actually look like. And we do know now also that staking will actually be live as soon as that game is launched. So anybody that holds Pixios can stake, get a share of the bonus Pixios, get a share of the EOS airdrops that come by staking. Uh, so it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, I'm really looking forward to using it. Very, very excited. And let's do the disclaimer that everyone loves to hear, Rob. We both own ES, or Pixios tokens, so yep. complete transparency there. I also 100%. own Karma, Bancor, uh, probably everything we talked about because a lot of them yep. have done air, airdrops. So basically every token we, we probably own. Um, yeah, so exactly. And in addition to, to disclosing that I own Pixios, I have to disclose that Cypherglass partnered with Pixios, you know, all that good stuff for <laughs> uh, our regulatory overlords. I think transparency is what's best. I, I don't. I have no problem telling the audience uh, what you own and hold because no, nothing we talk about, everything's objective. We talk about more projects that I don't have anything to do with than probably the ones that we do. But um, I think now would be a good time to close out the show. But there's one project that I would like to talk about that we already mentioned last week. The EOS name service by Cypherglass has been a hit. How, how is yeah. the? I, I keep seeing people talking about it on Telegram. How much volume are you are you doing right now? You know, it's been it way, it's been way more than we expected. I thought this would be like a slow grow where like, we, you know, maybe we sold a couple names on the first day. We sold several hundred names already. Jeez. So it's been, it's been so exciting to see the response, people getting some cool names. You know, I mentioned I bought Rob.VR and that's my EOC battles name. And I'm going to use that in some other dApps, but the response so far has been amazing. Um, I'm super excited that the, the site will soon be available in Chinese. We'll soon be in all of these mobile apps like Meet One and Token Pocket and EOS Links. So there's a lot more coming from us. And we also are adding uh, several new name extensions next month as well. So keep an eye out for Ooh. that. But if you go to eosnameservice.io and you use the, the referral code ee.xyz, actually just make it easy and click the link in the description below. You'll actually help out the show, Everything EOS, by buying a name on EOS Name Service, and you will get a 5% discount on some of the names that are available. So check that out. Pretty exciting. Holla. All right. So we're, we're out of topics on our notes today. Rob, is there anything else you wanted to cover today before we... Uh, sign off? I think that's it. Another great episode. You know, another uh, very eventful week in the EOS ecosystem. And I can't wait to see what next week has in store. So stay, let's wrap stay, it up. Yeah, stay tuned early next week. You will see uh, the first edition. I don't even know what it will be called, but you'll see the first edition of the scatter videos where we're going to cover so many different topics. Uh, I haven't even started editing it yet, but I'll have a good idea if you're in our Telegram channel, which I will plug again. Join t.me front slash everything underscore EOS. Uh, I'll, I'll let you guys know uh, what to expect from uh, the Scatter video series I did with Peter K. But I think that's a good spot to wrap up, Rob. Once again, everyone, thank you for joining us. I'm Zach Gall. I'm Rob Finch. And this is Everything EOS. Go EOS. Oh, yeah. <laughs>